Hello and welcome back to Deja Vu, the show where I talk about films and their lasting impacts. I'm your host, Sydney Brumfield, and we are back with the second episode in my series focusing on the genre of comedy. Today, I am so thrilled to be joined by Bry Power, a writer, director, and comedian here at Ithaca College. Hi, thanks for having me, Sydney. But yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so like you said, my name is Bry, Bry Power, and I'm involved here on campus with um, After Hours, uh, head writer for that. Uh, I do stand-up comedy at Open Mic Night on the Overwatch eSports team, um, and I'm majoring in cinema photo, but minoring in uh, writing for screen media, writing for film, television, and writing media. It's so long. <laughs> it's, yeah, I know. It's, oh, Writing for screen media, I think we should just go with. Yeah. So today, Bri has selected that we discuss the... Demanded, really. Demanded. <laughs> we focus on the genre of comedic thriller with the 2011 film Tower Heist. So Tower Heist is written by Adam Cooper, Bill College, and Ted Griffin. The project is directed by Brett Ratner. So a quick synopsis, if you haven't been lucky enough to see Tower Heist... <laughs> Uh, Tower Heist tells the tale of loyal employees of a luxury apartment building, The Tower, who plot to rob the wealthiest tenant in the building, Arthur Shaw, who is played by Mr. Alan Alda. It's very important From to mention. Ash, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, led by uh, Jean Kovacs, Ben Stiller, a team of disgruntled staffers try to pull off a classic heist. So, Bri, why did you select Tower Heist for us to talk about today? Um, so, I have a weird connection to this film. <laughs> well, it's not... so. As a cinema major, like cinema photo major, I get the question, what's your favorite film, a lot, and I hate that question. I just don't think there's a good answer to it. Um, so I started saying Tower Heist because no one knows what that movie is. Um, and as the more I said it, like the more I would watch the film, I remember when it first came out, my mom saw it in theaters and then was like, you gotta see it, but like, I can't tell you anything about it because it's a spoiler. <laughs> um, so I just remember that, and the more I watched it, I fell in love with the writing, um, specifically the comedic style of writing. Um, the, uh, the the cast is insane. You mentioned Alan Alda, Ben Stiller, Eddie Murphy's in the movie, um, uh, Michael Pena, Casey Affleck, um, Matthew Broderick, who's my favorite in the movie. <laughs> um, so funny. Um, so it was kind of originally started as a joke, um, mm -hmm. and then uh, progressed into just a genuine love for this silly film. That's so amazing. <laughs> yeah. And I, I was so happy that you selected it, because it, it wasn't something that had ever come up on my radar or um, yeah, I mean, anything I had seen. Yeah, it's not a very well-known film, but I, it's fun. <laughs> yeah. Uh, today we are highlighting the genre of comedic thriller, which is defined as comedy that borrows genre elements from thriller movies and blending with suspenseful plots and humor. Where do you think um, this is best done in Tower Heist? Um, so my favorite um, place that they do this is um, during the actual, like the height of the heist. So, you know, obviously spoilers. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> like, I don't know why you're still listening if you haven't seen it. But um, so the, the safe opens and there's nothing inside. And the progression of, you know, they've lost everything after all of this. And then Matthew Broderick doesn't want to give up the gun, and he's just like, no, I'm not giving it up. And then they shoot the car to find out it's made of gold, and then continue this, like, the Macy's Day Parade is happening on the street below as they're lowering a car down. Like, Kermit the Frog is, like, <laughs> singing through the radio. Like, it, it's this ridiculous blend between, like, high stakes, they could fall at any second, and also, like... Snoop we go in on Snoopy. Great line for yeah. the film. <laughs> no, 
I, I'm watching this, and I don't... Th- this would have been an important detail to note on a film <laughs> called Tower Heist. Heights are involved. I don't do heights. I, I did not know that. I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was so... But they did it so well, where it's yeah. like they're dangling this... I guess I don't even know what model of car Steve it is. Steve McQueen's but car. Steve yeah. McQueen's car um, out of the top floor, the penthouse yeah. of this huge tower, and you can just see the entire street below mm-hmm. them while Ben Stiller and Eddie Murphy are just in the driver's yeah. seat of this car. It's terrifying. And it's, I also really like that like you don't question that no one notices the car yeah. <laughs> because the Macy's Day Parade is happening. Um, and it's like, there's still it's still suspenseful that you might, they might fall, like you said, but also like... Eddie Murphy leans out and pukes. Like, yes. <laughs> like it's like, oh, I get queasy. Like, it's just, it's, it's this amazing balance. And I think that's why I started to fall in love with the film is because I love writing comedy that isn't just jokes. Like, I, I like situational comedy. Breaking Bad's my favorite show of all time. Mm-hmm. It's not a comedic show, but there's one scene um, where Jesse is just in an awkward conversation and just, like, doesn't know how to act. Like, like I just, it's just, I like that writing. I like the comedy where it's not forced, but it's yeah. still really funny. Uh, you told me before recording that you had some lore prepared about the making of this film. Would you like to dive into that? Um, sure, yeah. So, um, in preparation for this podcast, I, you know, did a little bit of research. I also um, found a draft of the script but I watched okay. the movie while having like the one of the drafts of the script in my hand and like read along with it. So there's a lot of like, interesting changes that happened. But essentially, um, so this started as a Trump Tower heist. So That's crazy. the the original part, of the point of this movie was like they were going to be heisting from Trump Tower, <laughs> um, and it was pitched by Eddie Murphy. Um, he pitched it as an all-black cast of comedians. So Kevin Hart was originally attached, okay. um, Tracy Morgan. Um, and you, you had read off the writers, and there was like three writers. Mm-hmm. Um, this, it just kept going through rewrites and rewrites. When it got difficult to get Trump involved, they like moved away from that concept and, and came up with just the tower. And the original idea was that it was a comedy, but it started to move more into like Ocean's Eleven, like an actual heist. Okay, yeah. Um, and Eddie Murphy left the project, uh-huh. at which point they you know scrapped the idea of all black comedians because that was really his vision and everything. That's when they came up with some of the characters, and then... A draft or two later, Ben Stiller got attached, mm-hmm. um, which drew Eddie Murphy back into the um, production. Um, so the the draft that I read was the first draft once Ben Stiller was on board. Got it. Um, okay. So Eddie Murphy was kind of already in talks. But so the one I read is still not very comedic. It's very interesting to see them like not take the same liberties of like making it funny Mm. even though it started out funny like it started out as a comedy pitch and then turned into a comedy at the end of it but like in the middle it was a very Ocean's Eleven style um there was a lot less setup for things Mm -hmm. um like the whole I like the setup of the um uh, the woman who's taking the bar and then yes. just like yeah, yeah that's like an offhanded thing that she's taking the bar and mm-hmm. she still shows up at the end but like it's very clear that this becomes like an ensemble okay. uh script mm-hmm. once it g- gets into like the comedic area so like when it was very serious they didn't take all the time to like develop um odessa the like in the original script or the one that i read um slide is the one who opens up the safe like they don't have to find odessa Mm -hmm. um slide and josh just know each other like they're Mm -hmm. just like slide in the in the film he has to like remember like oh you little seizure boy (laughs) (laughs) which my mom quotes to me all the time um but uh so they have to like recall that but they're just childhood friends like there's no conflict there whatsoever they're just like buddy buddy um so i i really like where it progressed away from a traditional heist movie. I think there's a lot of heists. I'm, I'm just 
I love heists. It's just yeah, like one of my yeah. favorite things. So I think I like this film so much because it just really plays like comedic thriller. It mm-hmm. plays with that genre instead of just making something of that genre. But the progression of like comedy, not comedy, and then there was like no, it was all representation, then no representation, and then yeah. although there's a leading white man in the finished product, there's still a lot of like you know representation mm-hmm. with um, the Odessa character and Michael Pena and just like every all over the place. I think it's really cool how they came back to that with you know Ebony Murphy coming back on board probably. Pushing for all that. Yeah. yeah. Well, and the just like hearing about that process, I think you see that reflected in the final product a lot. Mm-hmm. That it went from more serious, like playing with the the tropes of a heist film, to being more comedic at times. Yeah. I think um, even the comedy of it is very dry. It's it's not very bitty, if that makes any sense. No, absolutely. Like it's, it's not very gimmicky. Like I think the line that had me crying is when Ben Stiller is trying to recruit uh, Matthew Broderick's character into doing the heist, and he's living in a motel because he didn't make good investments. <laughs> yeah, he's yeah, yeah. run out of all of his money. Can't live at the tower anymore. And Ben Stiller goes, why are you living in this motel? And he goes, thinking of becoming a male prostitute. <laughs> yeah. Just dead face. Love that line. It's yeah. hysterical. It's, Matthew Broderick is actually, like I said, my favorite addition to this movie. I, um, I, my favorite comedic, I'm jumping a little bit ahead. That's okay. My yeah. favorite comedic moment is also also a magic, Matthew Broderick line is when Fitzhugh's like, um, Eddie Murphy talks about like pull the car around. Um, he's like, you left the keys in New York? <laughs> it's a stolen car. You brought a stolen car? To a robbery. <laughs> it's very Ferris Bueller the way he says yes. it, but it's just so funny. I was, so I love Matthew Broderick as an actor, and yeah. I feel like, I don't know, he did Ferris Bueller and then really for like people of our age kind of fell off. Well, he was Simba. He was the adult Simba in The Lion King. I didn't know. I know, not a lot of people do. Whoa. I know some, and I know that because I love him in this movie. I just know Good. a lot more about him. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because I was going to say, I love, I think the most recent project that I have seen him in is yeah. Oh Hello on Broadway, the Netflix recording yeah, of it. Yeah, with um, the, uh, John the Nick, Nick Kroll, John Mulaney. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's hysterical in that. But yeah, he's I only forgot about that he's in yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. Hey. Hey. Why are you staying in this motel? I'm thinking of becoming a male prostitute. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of nuggets of comedy in this movie, but they don't distract from, I think, the more serious themes that this is trying to tackle as well. The realism that is that is built up in this movie, yeah. I don't think is taken Yeah, I mean, it's a class it. struggle. It's literally, yeah. like, they mention Robin Hood constantly mm-hmm. throughout the film, and it's literally stealing from the rich and giving to, you know, lack of a better word, the poor. It's, yeah. Um, and, and Kovacs, Josh, just as a character, all he wants to do is give to his staff. Mm-hmm. I was reading the script and the descriptions of when he's, like, telling the staff that they've been defrauded, like, in between every line, he's like, like, this is the hardest thing he's ever had to say. Oh. Like, they wrote that in the script. And yeah. it's like, I think you can just tell how much he genuinely cares about the tower yeah. and genuinely cares about these people. And I think Alan Alda does a great job at being this just despicable Trump-like character yeah. that just, like, does not care. The whole Lester scene, mm. that's in the original, the script that I wrote, too, or read, too. I yeah. think it should, that's, like, a mainstay, is, like, that Lester's attempt is kind of what sends Josh over the yeah, edge. Yeah, that that gave me, like, chills, like, watching it. Well, because also the, the time that this movie was written and came out, I mean, this is still 2011, fresh after the, like, financial crash yeah, of the 2008. Yeah. yeah, And so I can imagine people who did see this movie when it came out like it's a huge like losing everything you have because of one person's or a select group of people's actions is life altering and I think the character of Lester they took the happiest and most pure character from the beginning and just like have him reach his breaking point it's absolutely uh, it's 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 really sad it's rough yeah yeah (laughs) um 
But yeah, no, I love Lester as a character mm-hmm. too. Just just going off that for a second. I like the reveal that Lester's in on the heist at the last second. Yes. But yeah. in, in the script, he kind of just figures in in the one that I read, he mm-hmm. just kind of figures it out and mm-hmm. joins in. Um, so I like that we that he doesn't like do it on, like there was a plan beforehand. Yeah. So I, I think I think not having him live at the house allows for that. But yeah. I think it's cool to see like that like development of like relationship. Yeah, and I so watching this, and I definitely I think I'm used to heist movies holding the viewer's hand more than mm-hmm. than this film did. Yeah. So it was it was an exciting change of pace. The fact that the heist has happened, but we as the audience have never been told directly yeah. what the heist plan is. Yeah, so absolutely. So it's like this like excitement that comes with definitely. not knowing what is supposed to happen and what's not oh, yeah. I loved it it's so it's really interesting you bring that up so since we don't know it allows for those twists and I watched this with a friend once mm-hmm. and when they get to the part where Lester's like driving out the what we find out is a decoy <laughs> that they're not yes. in mm-hmm. um, the person I was sitting with was like they're not in the back they would have cut they would have cut to them quipping by now <laughs> Lester they're gonna get hurt there's no way out of this I don't know what you're talking about all I did is steal a truck and try to commit suicide in terms of just things that they they wrote really well, kind of backtracking to the beginning of the film, I think they do a great job of setting up um, Ben Stiller and Alan Alda's characters, um, Arthur and Josh, as like very like similar opposites to one another. Mm-hmm. Just in the fact that they're like both from Astoria. Yeah, 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 and then the fact that their morning routines almost like precisely mirror right, yeah, each other, but yeah. not in terms vastly of, like, different ways. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, you know, honestly, I didn't even like think about the morning routine thing but yeah. Uh, yeah absolutely like they're playing the the whole metaphor of chess throughout yeah. the whole thing and the um the martial swindle and sacri- mm-hmm. like he sacrifices his queen in the end to like yeah um, which i i think yeah i think you're right the parallels between the two of them is amazing and the setup between even him and charlie mm-hmm. that like charlie's marrying his sister yeah. so they immediately have this bond but like they're also co-workers and that, mm-hmm. that adds like a, another layer of conflict and just talking about setup in general every character interacting mm-hmm. with Josh just has like a distinct inner like relationship like yeah. uh, no matter like any of the staff members like ha- like has at least one line like Odessa says like you need to find me a husband and yeah. <laughs> um, or even like Manuel like talking to him about like the BK. The, the, the BK. yeah or, um, yeah 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 um, which I love, yeah. So I think it's, yeah, setup is a really, the writing is just mm-hmm. amazing, yeah. Well, and I love, I, I think often, like, something that's hard with heist movies is being able to make the, like, because, you know, most of the time the protagonist in the heist movie isn't the quote-unquote good guy or, like, the lawful yeah. guy. Like, yeah, they're yeah. the the character who is breaking the rules to, mm-hmm. like, seek financial gain. Yeah. And, of course, they have their reasons and rationale, but I mm-hmm. think something that, like, is hard to do well is having them, like, get the reward they need but like face some sort of punishment or drawback yeah. at the end so yeah. it's not like completely being like yeah we should keep ripping off rich exactly. people these financial yeah. institutions it's like it's a little bit more realistic it's yeah. you know they had their noble reasons but in the real world it, you can't steal 20 million dollars and walk <laughs> away exactly uh, a little a problem I have with the film is that they just kind of know everyone involved like Agent Denim's just like we know about your friend Slide and we picked up and like they pick up everyone and there's like my mom and I spent I watch this with my mom a lot every Thanksgiving. As you should. It's a <laughs> um, great. It's, that's it's, the other thing. There's not enough Thanksgiving. Exactly. Movies. Exactly. I, I, it's like my favorite. It's like the only thing to watch on Thanksgiving. It's yeah. a Thanksgiving movie. Ah, oh, so that and Knives <laughs> Out, which has nothing to do with Thanksgiving, but yeah. it's like it's fall. A, it's a it's a fall movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Oh, man. oh, yeah, so I watch this with my mom. We speculate there's a deleted scene where they, like, mm. figure something out about how everyone was involved because it just cuts to, like, yeah. Agent Denim, like, being like, ah, 
it's been stolen, and then them arresting everyone. So yeah. it's like, I don't mind it, because, like, they need to kind of get through it, but, like, it just seems a little quick. Yeah, but the, the fact that they still, like, they, they pick up everyone, and, like, Ben Stiller, like, is, is still the hero at the end of the day because he serves the jail time and yeah, the punishment, yeah, yeah. Um, I personally, like, loved. And also, like, I don't know, I, I thought, um, in terms of, like, the cast involved in this, I, or at Hot Take, mm-hmm. I could take or leave Casey Affleck, like, that's fair. In general, but yeah. this genuinely was like my favorite performance. No, absolutely. Like, I, 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 Manchester by the Sea, like, is not. I don't think he does a great job. Like, no. he's supposed to like suppress his emotions, but he never even gets to explode. <laughs> he like, he yeah. like like a character that suppresses emotion explodes yeah. at the end. Like, all the yes. emotions come up. But the ending of that movie is he's just like, I gotta go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he's so oh. funny in this. Like, yeah. he legitimately plays. Like, I didn't know he was capable of doing Maybe that yeah all right baby i'll call you after lunch i'm in a restaurant with josh and a couple of the guys across from the tower yeah i love you what are you doing it's supposed to be a secret i can't tell my wife i'm having a lunch and i also think in comedy uh, and something that i'm sure will come up um throughout the rest of like this season that i'm doing like a lot of comedy doesn't age super well yeah and that's just like uh, that comes with the territory of it. Yeah. Um, we are like culture is always like shifting. What's mm-hmm. acceptable? What's not? But this movie, I found myself just loving, really all of the nuggets of comedy. Like I couldn't. I guess yeah. like the biggest flaw of it being like I didn't love the depiction of the female FBI agent. Like, yeah, she, it's uh, fair. She doesn't really. I didn't think the romance plot was necessary because no. it kind of undercuts like her as a character and yeah. compromising a lot of stuff. Um, but if that's the worst part of it, I mean, we have that in movies that are made now. That sounds yeah, horrible to say. <laughs> yeah, 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 but but it's, it's not like movies now, I, I guess 10 years later, are sure. doing any better at that. Yeah, that's So fair. it didn't, for me, even take me out of it yeah. at all. I mean, even, even like, let's take taking out the romance plot, she's mm-hmm. just kind of a bland character. Like, everyone yeah. else has so much put into them. It just yeah. seems like they were like, and then you, there's an FBI agent that yeah. adds conflict. <laughs> that's kind um, of important. Yeah. <laughs> not really. Um, Talking about outdated comedy, yeah. Eddie Murphy's Raw is yes. incredibly outdated. Yeah. So I think it's interesting that he was like, is able to kind of. I, I like that you say like nuggets of comedy. It's a yeah. good way to put it because it's not you know jokes in your face constantly. It's like yeah. it's like. <laughs> When they get when the guy starts like jiggling the door handle, like Eddie Murphy puts down his gun and he's like, "Oh, that's it." <laughs> it's yeah. like it's just like I, it's just funny things like and you mentioned hand holding in the heist genre. Yes. There's no hand holding in the comedy either. Yeah. You either laugh at this situational joke or you don't. Or it's you fine. Don't. You'll get six more in a minute. Yeah. It's fine. <laughs> it's it's okay. like yeah. So I think this this movie just understands what it is, and I think that's yeah. a really good way. That's what makes it timeless, which is a is a good observation. So well put. That was, <laughs> that was so well put. Um, okay, if. You take a look at your own work as somebody who's working on uh, projects here at IC. How do you think Tower Heist has influenced your stuff, or how would you like it to? Yeah, uh, it's definitely the writing, like we've been talking about. Mm-hmm. I think I'm going to reiterate a lot of what we just said, <laughs> but it's a lot of just that type of comedy. Like that, like I said, I don't know if I really would have been able to put into words the like situational mm-hmm. I mean, nuggets of comedy. I like that. Um, <laughs> Thank you. Um, it's, I don't think I would have been able to put into words that that's what I want to come across in my films. Even if I'm making a drama, um, like I was writing for a series pilot with uh, uh, Blumberg last semester. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just like literally a super thriller about, like just super dark dramatic thriller about like a therapist who goes on like a vigilante killing spree. Like it's I not happy. That. I would watch that. That sounds <laughs> so you, much thank fun. Thank you, thank um, you. But I added, in, I added in a part where like, 
you know, the, this drunk husband's on the phone, and um, then the wife hangs up, and she's like, oh, he just goes on to sing Come On Eileen, but with my name instead. Um, and Professor Blumberg was like, you know, just let him start singing it. <laughs> it's like, so, I, so like that type of comedy where it's like, it's very serious, it's literally a police investigation, but then you hear this drunk person be like, come on, Maggie. <laughs> it's just, um, so that's the type of stuff that I want Tower Heist to influence. Is it, This is a comedy, it's a mm-hmm. comedic thriller, but like, no matter what, I want those nuggets of comedies to just land. I will compromise a dramatic scene for a laugh because I just think, I like making people laugh. That's why I do stand-up. I, it's my favorite thing is to make people smile and happy because I like when people make me smile and happy. Yeah. <laughs> Laughing's important. Indeed. If you were to do Tower Heist 2.0, is there anything you would change about it? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, so I wouldn't make a sequel, but like... Yes, yeah. your own fresh take. A fresh take. Oh, interesting. So what would I change? I think, like you said, the Agent Denim, I think, needs to be reworked. But I also think it might be interesting, since it started as like a Trump mm-hmm. um, movie, is like... You know, Trump went on to become president. Yeah. So I think like taking that into account, like politi- like yeah. rich people and politicians, and kind of like muddying that, and like you know having to steal. Maybe it's not money or a car or anything, but like stealing like documents from like an actual government Ooh. building or something Ooh. like that, and really like playing with the concept of like. Because it's about, like, corrupt rich people and everything like that. Yeah. But, like, corrupt rich people interact with corrupt politicians and, like, they, they cross-mingle. And I think it'd be interesting to, like, you know, what legislation got passed or, like, what lobbying screwed over how many people of the lower class yeah. and what do they do to fix that screw over. I like that. I like that. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. I had not thought about that. I was like, uh, um, <laughs> poignant. <laughs> that, was, that was a very, it was a Thank polished you. answer. Thank you. Well, so as we wrap up, are there any projects, organizations, uh, events you'd like to promote? You should watch After Hours on ICTV. <laughs> Woo. When, when does it air? Uh, it airs Thursdays at eight. Thursdays at eight. <laughs> you should watch. Uh, you should watch After Hours. Um, I'm currently working on a thesis project. Um, Angels in the Outcast. Uh, so if you're in the Ithaca area and you want to come to our screening at the end of the semester, support all of our thesis projects. Um, but yeah, other than that, uh, open mic night, stand up. I don't like people watching me, but I need to get more comfortable <laughs> with it. So, you know, every Thursday at 8, if you're not watching After Hours, come to the pub. Watch After Hours in the pub. See me perform after and watch what I wrote. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Well, thank you so much, Bri, for joining me. And thank all of you for tuning in. Be sure to tune back in in a couple of weeks to hear me discuss the genre farce. Thank you so much, Bri. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Be sure to check out theithican.org for more interesting and creative content. You can listen to any of the Ithacan podcasts wherever you get your podcasts or check us out at theithican.org. <laughs>